Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. of what God is going to do in this place today. So whether you're with us here at Kentucky Trail or joining us online, go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's worship God together this morning.
our God some praise today. Our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west because our God didn't leave us alone. He came for us. And so let's continue to lift him up in worship this morning.
God, we just come to you gathered today as a group of people, Lord, here to worship you, Lord. And I pray, God, as we continue into worship, that you would just pour out your presence upon us, Lord. Search our hearts and meet us here today. In Jesus' name.
hid from you. You still called out my name. And when my flesh is weak, will you help me see that you are all that I need? Yes, you are. You are all that I need. Sing this together. Can we make that an anthem in this place today? There's something awesome about when people's, God's people get together and raise their voices together. Let's sing this with all that you have. Let's make that an anthem. Church, give it up big for God this morning. You know, as we were just singing that song together, as we were worshiping together, the thought ran through my mind, what would happen, church, if all of us today decided that that wasn't just a song that we sang on a Sunday morning, that wasn't just a moment of worship on a busy weekend, but what if instead we declared that that was gonna be a challenge, that that was gonna be something we chose to do with our lives, that we take everything that distracts us, we take the gold and the silver, we take everything that's important in our lives and we lay it down, we lay it down in front of Jesus and we take our focus and we go upward instead of around us. What would happen, what would happen in our relationships? What would happen in our marriages? What would happen in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces. So that's my challenge for you guys today. Pray on that. 
And my challenge is that we just take the distractions and the things, the good things, guys. A lot of these things are good, right? But we take those and we set those aside. And from this moment forward, we just look upward and we live with that heart abandoned. Can we do that, Real Life Church? Can we get on board today? Don't just let this be a worship set, a good time of singing. Let's actually like have some life change today. I can't wait to see what God's gonna do in our church. It's gonna be amazing. Well, we're just honored to have you this morning. And I am super pumped about everybody who's brand new today. Can we give it up big for everybody brand new in the room? Brand new online? Brand new to the Dream Team? Man, this is a season of new at Real Life Church. It's been so exciting. Uh, let's make Real Life Church online feel welcome. You know, they're watching us now. They're throwing up those likes. They're throwing up those hearts. Maybe they'll listen to the podcast later in the week. Will you let them hear you this morning? What's up, Real Life Online? We love you. We're excited to have you. Everyone here at KT, equally excited for you too. And uh, will you make someone around you feel welcome before you sit down? Will you just greet someone? We're honored to have you in the house today. Greet, find a seat. We're just so pumped to have you. And if you're one of those people that we just greeted, you're brand new online, there's a link you can be clicking now. Everybody in the room, if that applies to you, I want you to get your phone out. Text RL New to 97,000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team would just love to hear your story. We'd love to tell you a little bit more about Real Life Church, who we are, what we believe, where we're going in the future, and how you can play a part in that story. And we'd love to know how can we be praying for you this week. If you've never interacted with us before, that's a great place to start right there. And if you're in the room, I encourage you, don't just head out the doors when the gathering's over. Go right on out there in the middle of the hub. You'll see a big sign that says new here. We would love to give you a small gift and just hear your story right there in person as well. So Real Life Church, you know, we're a church on a mission. And that mission uh, extends beyond these four walls. We exist to see people that are far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And those are those coworkers, those family members. Really, it starts in the home and then it goes outward. Those neighbors, those coworkers, those family and those friends, those people that mean so much to you. And you know that they're just missing that relationship with Christ. And one huge way you can join us on mission, start praying for those people right now. I bet a lot of you, as I'm saying that, faces are popping up in your head right now. Pray for those people. Do it now. Pray in the present. Do it right now. The next thing you can do, invite. And then after that, just see where God takes them, you know. But it starts with an invite. It starts with prayer. And that's a huge way you can join us on mission right here at Real Life Church. I'd also like to encourage anyone today, you know, if you're brand new today, or maybe it's like week two or week three, this is like the hardest Sunday of the entire year. We lose that hour of sleep. It's tough for some of us, right? But you're here. My challenge is start a new routine. Keep that routine going and see what God does in your life. See the people, the smiling faces in real life that are here to encourage you, here to pray for you, just see what life change happens simply by coming through these doors. We are just honored to have you. And that next step, we'd love to be on mission with you, whatever way God's leading you. Well, guys, let's get real 
about marriage today. We're going to wrap up this awesome series, Not Easily Broken. We're going to do it in a really fun way. We've got our own power couple, Pastor Sean and Pastor Diane. They're going to be up here. Pastor Diane's got to get a ring to it. We'll just roll with that. I love it. You are. And uh, you know, what's really cool, I I think a subtitle to this series should be, to this message today, Diane Tells All. It's finally her turn because, you know, Sean's been Sean's been here on his side of the story. I'm kind of curious to see what uh, what her take is. But uh, uh, Sean slipped me a 20 to say that her take will be that he's the perfect husband. So that's pretty cool. We'll get to hear that. Uh, we'll get to hear that today. But seriously, though, you guys know it. I know it. They're not a perfect couple. They don't have a perfect marriage. Nobody does. Spoiler alert. But what I'm encouraged by is seeing them not only lead our church, but know that they're both leading their children at home because God is the center of their marriage. And I'm just super pumped to take away some really good advice today for my own marriage to uh, just sit under the learning tree, if you will. There's been some good questions coming in and uh, you guys might even have an opportunity to do that today. So uh, I can't wait to hear. So don't just sit back, but be ready to participate. Follow along in you version. It's going to be a powerful morning. And, uh, you know, I'm going to turn it over to somebody special. And uh, in the 90s, uh, when he was starting his rap career, he went by MC Barry Hardy. And so today he's the master of ceremonies. So welcome, MC Barry Hardy. Give it up for Barry. What's up? I sold like 10 CDs, and I think Drew bought them all. And I want to welcome you guys real life just to an awesome special Sunday. Uh, as UL online, wherever you guys are at across the world, across the nation. I want you guys to know that you are my people. Now, Drew took it a little negative. Man, you guys are here to celebrate with me the best Sunday of the year. We got our hour back, and I love this one. I hate the fall. Oh, come on. Who gave me a boo? <laughs> hey, we've been in the middle of a great series talking about marriage. The series called Not Easily Broken. And I know so many people that I've talked to, they think they're the only one they're struggling in their marriages. And this has been a great series for people to stop, reflect, and just find some practical, practical solutions to kind of get back on the right path. And the first week, Pastor Tom brought a great message about a marriage being Christ-centered and what it would look like, even if you did something simple as just taking 30 seconds together just to pray as a couple. And then we moved on the next week to being on mission. What it would look like to do something significant for God as a united front in marriage. Because some marriages, it's easy to one person to go one way and the other person to go the other way. So we talked about being on mission. And then we got my favorite one. The third week, we talked about some butt kicking on the devil, right? Were you guys here? Did you guys like that one? That's awesome. Who knows that the enemy is here to fight and put problems in your marriage? And we're not here to stand back and be pacifists on that. We're going to put our foot forward. We're going to take the battle to the enemy. And that's what that week was about. And then Pastor Brian brought a good word last week about how to fix what's broken. And sometimes we think we have to change the world in one huge fatal swoop, and that's not the case. Sometimes it just takes one small step. So today we're going to go super deep, and we're going to get super practical. It's my honor, and I'm excited to be interviewing Sean and Diane. Can we give it up for them real quick? Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a good time. We're going to have fun with this, aren't we, guys? It's going to be a blast. Hell, it's going to be good. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to get... Try not to get in trouble, Barry. PG-13, that's the rule, PG-13. Here's what I want to do. I want to get started off on this way. I want to get everybody, because not everybody knows Sean and Diane's story, so I want to get a little background. Can you, can you tell me some of the 
maybe like the major seasons that you guys have gone through? Because you've been married almost 15 years, right? Getting close. Getting yep. close. Yep, 15. He's, he's going to make it. I got faith in him. So, share, this Q&A goes. Yeah, share with us kind of where you guys have been over those last 15 years. Uh, yeah, tons of different seasons. But first of all, shout out to Drew for his Ooh. three shots in his coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Kevin over there that has a shirt that says something on it about, I can't even read it, something sexy. He hates being sexy, but he's a chubby bearded man, so he can't help it. Okay. It was distracting me on stage. I'm just telling you, it's like, what is going on? We can read the shirt because it's a Q&A about marriage. So, um, yeah, different seasons. So we've jumped in, uh, obviously got married and uh, had the honeymoon season. Come on, somebody. Um, awesome season. Lasted a week. Went to youth camp. Um, wow. Right after the honeymoon in Jamaica, back to... Missouri and Cedarville, Ohio. So honeymoon's over, a week of celibacy. Uh, didn't bother Diane, bothered me. I was focused on the Lord at youth camp. <laughs> I was like, why am I going to youth camp right now? Um, then uh, we had a couple years together, kind of on our own. You worked night shift, uh, it was like opposite hours, it was crazy. And then uh, we took in foster kids, which was a lot easier. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, we were 24, took in foster kids, uh, 15 year old, uh, 16 year old foster daughters. That season was crazy, yes. crazy. I would go to Walmart, and they're like, um, you can't buy this uh, epoxy or spray paint. I'm like, no, these are my kids. <laughs> and they're like, shh, yeah, right, you know? I'm getting eye rolls. It was great. But, um, yeah, so we had that season, and then uh, they went off to college and left home, and we were like empty nesters. Come on, somebody. I was 26 going on 50. I'm telling you, it was great. Um, it, was a, it was like the second honeymoon. Uh, it was amazing, so... Now we're like have little kids again, so we're like full nesters, I guess. I don't know what you call that. Um, not empty nesters. Two and a half kids, because Levi's small. So um, yeah, five, Jack's five, Embry's three, Levi's one, and then we have adopted daughters 27, and have a granddaughter who's almost three. So how crazy is that? So yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I am own grandpa, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. That is a, a lot to pack into 15 years. Diane, <laughs> how'd you survive? <laughs> Carefully. Worked a lot of nights and went to school, and here we are. That's on. Oh. Hello. Hey. Well, so having that information, what we're going to be able to do, uh, and the challenge and, and the goal here is to kind of unpack how, how God has worked through their marriage. And so we're going to do that by going through three different topics today. And so we're going to spend about 10 minutes on each topic, and I'd like to give you guys about half the time to ask questions on each topic. So as we're going through this, really think about, you know, maybe something's got, got put on your heart to just, uh, yeah, man, that is something I'm dealing with, but what about this? So to do, help me do that, I'm going to need some help. So what, I don't know if you guys know this, I have a lovely assistant, and I would like to invite him up to come get the microphone, and then he will be helping you guys do the questions. Can you guys give it for my lovely assistant, Brian Hoover? Come on up, Brian. You're the man, Brian. You're the man. He is the man. So be thinking about your questions. All right, so we're going to kick it off. First topic, being Christ-centered. Can you guys give us a feel for what it looks like? Does God make a difference for you guys in your marriage? How did you, you know, through the seasons, all of that, how did God make that difference for you guys? Yeah, I think that God made all the difference in those seasons, to be pretty honest. I think that we've been through some, you know, hard things that would have been impossible without God and staying unfocused. And we're kind of reflecting on, like, what does it mean to be Christ-centered in our marriage? And I think that it really boils down to it takes me out of it. 
like things that I could get frustrated with or upset with or little details or things that aren't the way that I want or, you know, every little thing that can easily add up to make a big detriment to your marriage really kind of goes out the window because I'm focused on what God is doing through us. And really, it's kind of like, like he's not my enemy and all those things. Like, we have an enemy we're fighting against. He's my teammate. And, you know, to work together on a team, you have to be together. You have to be united. And it's really Christ that holds us together in that, in the middle of it. Yeah, kind of going what you're saying, it's, it's easy to get distracted and think it's still about you. And uh, when, you, when you have Christ in the center of everything, it's, it's a covenant. So it's not like it's contingent on uh, what she does, like a contract, or, oh, we're committed to each other, and, well, if she doesn't keep her in the deal up, then I can do what I want to do. We have separate lives and all this stuff. And so it's really like putting Christ in the center, but it's like I made a, I made a vow for God to put Christ in the center, and I'm going to fight for doing the right thing even if we're not on the same page. And so there's been some tough seasons, and uh, probably I caused them, <laughs> right? Um, but the reality is it's, it was, it's like focused on Jesus and not somebody else, regardless of what the person is doing. It's like I'm called to, to lead the way God's called me to lead, and that's the covenant side of that relationship. And that really is foundational and really changes so much, and I'm sure we'll dive into that. You know, I like what you said there. You know, I've, I've been married 24 years myself, almost 25. I think I might make it. But here, but. I like what you said because it's so easy, and here's where we're going to get real. Because if you guys have been married or been in a relationship, you guys know how this is. There comes a time where you're going to have a difference of opinion or ideologies or, or whatever. Uh, and we don't always know how to navigate that well. So I know that Drew said you guys have the perfect marriage, but let's get real here. If you guys have some differences, do you guys fight? Come on, tell us the truth. Today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what does it look like? To put, put, put Christ in the middle of a disagreement or a fight. Well, I think some, well, maybe, so what do we fight about? That would maybe get you guys behind the scenes a little bit. We mostly fight about how we talk and how we communicate and get in a fight about something he said that I thought he said different or something I didn't say because I don't like to talk as much. And um, <laughs> it goes around to we ultimately have to get to the end where we both have to be right and then we're both happy with that. Now, that's maybe not the most Christ-centered way to do it. Probably one of us should just admit that we're wrong and apologize, but we can find a way to compromise so we can both be right the whole time. Are we stubborn? makes us happy, yes. Okay. <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, but yeah, stuff we fight about, it's almost always, I can't think of like big things we fight about just because we've worked hard to like try to be aligned on those things or come to a decision. But man, it's those everyday little things. What did you say? Or we didn't get, you know, and that stuff. At when the kids are screaming in the car and yes. you can't do things, <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? And you're already tired and frustrated and some little thing just sets you off into something really dumb and then you get done with it and you're like why or if you're like me i'm a guy i forget things (laughs) so she'll say something i'm like what are you talking about i told you three weeks ago i'm like three weeks ago i put it in the calendar (laughs) it's always in the calendar i didn't get amens from the guys because their wives are next to him right now (laughs) but you know they're like it just nitpicky stuff so yeah yeah and then your question well so so i guess the the big thing would be is this is it we live in an imperfect world so we're gonna have fights Mm So how does Jesus make a difference in the midst of that? What, what, what role does he play? What is that, how does that change how you view each other and the disagreement and the fight? Yeah. yeah, I think it boils down to, in James 1, it's like be quick to listen, be slow to anger, be slow to speak. Um, really, if I can seek to understand what he's trying to say or what he's frustrated about at the beginning, that's going to help the whole situation rather than jumping to a conclusion, thinking I know what is the right answer to say. I think Christ in the middle of that makes it that I don't have to be right. 
he doesn't have to be right. What has to happen is that we have to agree on what's best, and that doesn't always mean like, oh, Sean always gets his way or Diane always gets her way, but it's together when the mission is in front of us, when we're unified, then we're able to come to a conclusion. Fighting fair doesn't always happen. <laughs> in an ideal world, that's how it goes. It's always fair. Um, <laughs> we have exact opposite styles of conflict resolution um, where he wants to dive in and attack it and talk about it till it's done, and I don't want to ever talk about it, and I would like to walk away and never think about it again which is really healthy, you know, when we're together doing those things. Um, but yeah, you have, to, you have to take a step back and be, it's okay for me not to win. My goal isn't to win against him. My goal is for us to leave united and together. Yeah, I'd say fighting fair is really big. Um, kind of dive in what you're saying, like Ephesians, like let your conversation be beneficial to like edifying others. And so like when you're in a disagreement or different pages, like the goal is unity. You know, the goal the goal is to, to and this is something I struggle with because I don't know I, I brought all myself in the marriage that was kind of crazy and um, all all of my good and my bad and uh, I've got a quick tongue and a temper and I can like just like this like just I'm quick witted and it's not good so uh, I had to like learn like hey you know is this something that's beneficial so you don't say everything you think and and then you try to focus on what's going to bring um, resolution like what's beneficial to somebody else like be a leader and not just a, the word I just doesn't exist anymore. And so I've learned that over, over the years, in a lot of hard ways through hard seasons and stuff, I've learned like, hey, I'm, I'm not really helping, you know. I'm just being right, and that's just not, it's not healthy. And that just my, that's just my go-to, and maybe some of you relate, and some of you are like, yeah, that's him, you know. But um, that's just maybe the biggest thing is fighting fair. Um, when you're in those conflicts, like, focus on the common things you need to work on. Uh, focus on the goal and not just um, what you want. And... Uh, and working to help the other person see that too by asking questions is really big. Um, coming to the table not with a, a resolution or an opinion, but man, I know you're frustrated while you're frustrated. Um, giving her space, like not push, 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 push. And I would say don't go to bed mad. Uh, some people just resolve to quit and like, oh, well, you never change. And they're really negative and complain about their spouse a lot. And I, it's biblically like not to go to bed on, on your anger, you know? And um, you know, find a way, not to say I have to resolve everything, but, you know, I, I mean, I sleep in the same bed. Can I say that? Mm -hmm. um, can I do that? <laughs> it's not I love Lucy. <laughs> it's not Lucy, yeah. Tune twin I mean, beds I'm not, in our bed. I'm not I'm one of those guys I'm going to go out to the motel or, like, you know, I've seen so much, you know. It's like, hey, look, every day I fight for my family, and, and uh, I'm not going to let something else get in the way or the devil divide that. And there's so many distractions, and there's so many things we could be disagreeing on, but we say, you know what, we got a bigger picture. So fighting fair is really, really important. No, those are all really good things. I, I like how it's all really it's about what I'm hearing is it's, it's unite a front based on what Jesus has called you guys to be. It's not mine. It's not hers. It's what God's called us to be together. So I really like that because it's so easy in marriage to either put on an ultimatum or I'm a little bit like Diane. Silence is violence. So when I walk away, I learned that from a wise man. And uh, so, well, hey, let's take a couple minutes. Uh, if you guys, anybody have any questions, throw a hand up. Brian will get to you. You have got on this topic of Christ-centered marriage. Anybody have anything that you'd uh, like to to hit Sean and Diane with? Any hands out there? Be nice. Come on, you guys can do it. Don't be bashful. You got anything? Y'all, perfect marriages out oh, there. Oh, everything's great out there, huh? Uh, you got one? Did I hear what everybody? Adam's got one back there. Oh my! Stand up. Tell us your name. Adam. Um, how do you in a marriage? Um, come together with finances. That's a big thing you always argue in a relationship, in a marriage, is finances. How do you come together and agree on that? 
you want this one or me? I don't care. Um, I can say to start, it goes back to you have to start with a plan of where you're going. If we both had different goals of where we wanted to end up with our finances, it'd be really easy to get an argument with it. Like, I'm like, I want to save money. I want to pay off debt. I want to do this. No, I want to buy a new truck. I want to, you know, if you're already divided at the outset, it's never going to work. And it takes, it takes that hard work at the beginning to sit down and say, okay, we're doing this. This is our budget. If extra money comes in, here's our plan for it. You know, we're going to divide it up this way. We're going to put it here. We're going to do these things. Because if we don't talk about it beforehand, then you're going to end up fighting about it afterwards. You know, when it comes up or there's not enough money left at the end of the month or those things, you're going to start, oh, I can't believe you spent it on this. Well, I'm sorry, chicken costs $17 a pound. You know, like <laughs> it's easy to let those frustrations like come back at each other versus we're working on this situation together and I think you know we try to follow like we try to be very intentional with our money you know like we're gonna say we're gonna give right off the bat and we're united on how much are we giving this year we said at the beginning of the year we want to give this percentage of what we bring in if extra stuff comes in extra opportunities to give like where do we want that to go who do we want to give it to um, and then you know we have a plan for savings we have a plan for paying off all our debt and just we're together on it from the beginning and then it's easy to know what to do when things change yeah, I'd say the, the one of the bigger pictures, and it's a great question because people fight about this. I'd, I'd say money reveals that something that's already there as much as it's not the problem. So the problem is the money, it's like you're hard to tie, tie to your money. So like control, power, um, you know, uh, reveals like a scarcity mindset sometimes. Like there's not enough and I can't believe you'd spend that. And we bring out culture of what we did before into the marriage and uh, some people hide stuff. Like there's a credit card that nobody knows about. and. There's, there's, I don't know, I'm not a big fan, maybe a lot of guys do this, but I'm not a big fan of like different accounts, you know, and I kind of get maybe that's something that, you know, came together, but we, we share everything. So we, we came in and said, hey, we, we just have one account and uh, we trust God with that and I trust her. And if there's an issue, we talk about it and then we work through it. So it's gotten easier over the years. Like we had to learn that dance of what, I mean, there's seasons where I was running the finances, there's seasons where she ran the finances, it just kind of depends. With the Hope Center season, I don't know what's going on at all <laughs> with our finances, um, but she runs all of it. Um, Neither so, do I, that's maybe why we don't fight yeah, about there we it, go. It's going great. so busy. We don't know what's we don't, going on. We don't have time to fight um, about money, because we better. don't even know. There you go. Yeah, it's not easy, I mean, and there, you know, this hard season where money's tight, it, it becomes more of an issue, um, but the reality is, like, God's always taking care of us. I've never had a season where I've lost a meal or didn't be able to pay for something. Um, but I, I think there's those seasons where I just have to trust that God's going to use that. And we, we give first. I mean, that's part of our, our financial strategies. We're generous first. We have a number off the top we give. We, we don't live off the drip at the bottom of the month and give to it. And so God's always blessed us. Um, we've always, I mean, I've started my marriage off with, we're putting 10% to the church, and that was something I grew up with. And we've worked different numbers. And I'm not saying give 10, but, and then we said we're doing 10% to short-term savings, 10% long-term savings, and we're going to live on the extra 70%. And then whatever that left over, you'll have fun, you know? And so we give it off the top. And so what's in there is just, it's already got designated, I guess, by that point. So we don't have to like worry about making the ends meet. And God's really used it, but everybody has different seasons. I hope that answers your question. I don't know, there's so much you could say about it. So being up front. Thanks, Adam, for the question. Well, I like how you tie that into being Christ-centered because anything, the issue is not the issue, right? Whether it's a fight or whether it's finances or whatever we're fighting about, sometimes there's a, uh, there's something else driving those those questions or those disagreements and those fights. So being united, I, I like how you said that. And, and it kind of leads us into our second topic about being on mission. And what what you guys talked about or what you talked about, Sean, on, on that week was is that, you know, there's something that we get together, we become a united front as a couple because 
we're called to do something significant for God. And I know parts of you guys' story, like you guys were called together, the same sentence in the same youth camp. You know, what is, you know, what does that look like for you, for you guys being on mission? How, how, do, how has that impacted your guys' life and how you've moved forward? Well, it goes back to kind of what Adam asked. I mean, we're on the same page with our, our generosity. Uh, we serve together. Um, that's it's been day one. You know, we've, like I said, we went on our honeymoon to youth camp. Come on, somebody, right? Um, so this has always been, we've always had this, like, I don't know, divine flow uh, with our marriage where it's like, hey, we're, we're pursuing God. We, we had that same heartbeat. And I know a lot of people don't have that. Like, they're not equally yoked, per se, or, like, have the same level of, I don't know, passion for God. But that's just been something that's really united us. So um, there's the same dreams for our families. We come from totally different family worlds, you know. I mean, I've got lots of siblings and divided marriages and broken family and Diane's just like the nuclear family only child, you know? <laughs> so we were talking like, man, you've never seen somebody like what's Satan doing in our marriage? You're like, man, I don't know. And Diane's like, I've never imagined our marriage like not working out. And I'm like, well, you know, I came out of that world. So I was like fighting, you know, for the marriage. And so, uh, just different seasons, but, um, yeah, there's all sorts of things that unite us. Yeah, I think a big thing on this for me, it's like having those moments, which not everybody loves to sit down and have deep, vulnerable conversations about their whole life like I do. Um, but part of that is being honest and open about like, what do I feel like God is leading me to in the future? Like we want to be mission driven together, but we're not the same person. We don't have the same gifts. We don't have the same job. Like it doesn't look like that, but it has to look like in this season, man, God has really leaned on us that we want to start a church. So that means that maybe my season of what I'm doing for work, dreams, goals, things like that, together we maybe put that on hold for a moment to lean into this together. And that maybe other seasons, like it's not always a like, Sean gives 50%, Diane gives 50%, and we just make that work. And if you didn't keep up, you know, if I'm giving 55%, I'm mad about it. Like in some seasons, like you said, you're super busy and stuff changes. Like we don't have like a set like you do the dishes and this and that. It's like, no, in this season you're busy, I pick that up. In my season, I'm busy, you pick pick that up. Like we're a team and we're always finding ways to ebb and flow and change that based on what God's called us to. But we have to be upfront and say, God's put this dream in me. What do you think? You know, and opening and then him saying that and saying, okay, I can be open to what God's calling you to working and praying to be together on that page. And it takes work. It takes communication. It's not easy. Um, but. Yeah, he speaks to the, the couple, you know. I mean, he wants you to do something significant in your marriage. The reason he brought you together to do more for him. And so to know that, have that conversation maybe like, mind-blowing for a lot of people. Uh, we've always done this uh, dynamic life retreat and just, you know, it's just crazy ideas. But if you wrote your own obituary, what would you, people say about your life? And just these perspectives of time is fleeting and what direction you're going. And so we've always had this, like, urgency, I guess, where we're not just, like, we skipped the party phase, the 20s. We skipped all the... We went right into, like, the adulting, you know, uh, with the foster kids and everything. And, you know, so, so we skipped a lot of the, I don't know, just the white noise, I guess, right? And so we've just been really serious about that kind of stuff. And then dreaming, like, what, what's God calling to you? What, what, what looks like in three to five, ten years? What, what things on your heart? And we sit down and we talk about that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot of people probably don't. And that just keeps us going. We've always got a dream we're, we're going towards. There's always a passion in our life. And so we're just not coexisting, you know. Maybe it's a little bit about mission-driven, I guess. No, I like that. Uh, I got one little quick follow-up. But, hey, be thinking. I'm going to turn it over to you guys real quick. What are your questions you have for being on mission? Uh, or just real quickly, you, you said something during this week about if it's on her heart, it's on your heart. And if it's important to him, it's important to you. And you guys have kind of revolved that right here. How do, how do you really bring that in, especially if you're like, 
do we really want to start a church? Is that really what we want to do? So if you have, speak to a couple out there that's like, they're not on the same page right now. How, how, do, you, how do you get the heart of what your spouse is, has important for them? Yeah, I think it boils down to like, you have to start with a foundation of trust. You know, there was something that drew you together. Know that, you know, know why you chose each other. And, and do the work of asking the hard question, why did God put us together? Not just because we love each other, because he's good looking, you know, whatever reasons, but like, what can God do through, or whatever, you know. No, or I tell him I married him because he's funny, because when he's old, it won't matter what he looked like. And I can still have good jokes, you know, when we're 80, so it's fine. Um, no, I'm like a fine wine. That's, that's, that's something. Um, now I don't have any idea what I was saying, but I'm sure it was really good. It was going to be really good. I, you know, I, I can't remember either, but... <laughs> Oh, what were you saying? This is us all day long. This what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're old, retired. I'm just saying common interest, you know. Yeah. Um, fi find out, like, what connects you as a couple. Like, what, what are you both passionate about? Talk about a little bit of this, but, like, what breaks, your, what breaks the heart of God? You know, what, do you, what breaks, um, you know, your heart? What breaks her heart? What, you understand each other. Like, you got this together, you know. You didn't, you didn't get in there because uh, this is a fun thing to do. Um, you got to live on mission. And so to find that, and it, the problem is if you're not at the same level with that, and that's where that question really comes from, because if you're, say you're like, man, I'm in love with Jesus, and my spouse doesn't know Jesus, right? Um, and you're in that tough situation where you're, you're kind of leading and pushing, and you're getting flack, and you're that crazy Christian Jesus follower, right? Or the opposite, maybe you're here and your spouse is the crazy person, right? And you're like, I don't know about all that. And so just be patient um, and have, leading those conversations and what can you do today? Like, what are you passionate about? You know, uh, at the, you got to remember too, life is so short, you know, and to have fun with it. Like, you're not saying like nothing we're doing feels like a chore. Like, I've never got up on Sunday morning and thought, oh, man, it's so early. It's time change Sunday. Literally today, no joke, I got up. I was like going. I saw the thing, the time on the stove. And I was like, the time is wrong on the stove, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, what a psychopath, right? Like, I literally, it's just not it just like this, we get to do this, amen? amen. We get to play sure. part of the story of God, and whatever that is for you, you got to figure it out. And if your spouse is not on the same page, I just really think you've got to be praying for them and be diligent and, um, you know, putting Bibles out, inviting the church, but not be, like, overbearing, but just love them. And I think part of it, too, is just, like, loving deeply. Like, you're on a journey, you know? Uh, it's not about all the stuff you do, but it's like, hey, we did this together, and uh, we're on the same page together, and, and just really, yeah, live that mission out. Yeah, loving and ultimately serving each other. You know, it's really hard to be upset and separate from somebody that you're trying to serve every day. If I wake up and say, how can I help Sean today? How can I make life easier for him today? Not with the expectation of he's also going to do this later to make it easier for me, but just I care about him. I care about our family. I care about our mission. So I wake up with that attitude and then God can honor that selflessness. You know, I, I like what you guys said. Some of the marriages that I that I try to emulate and I respect are the ones that when they look back where they've been the last 20 years, they've walked that path together because they're on mission together. What questions do you guys have for, uh, for Sean and Diane about being on mission? What do you guys have out there? Anything? Brian, you got any hands out there? Not yet. Anybody, anybody? We're doing so well. Uh, man, you guys are answering all their questions. Uh, oh, we got one. Oh, there we go. Go ahead and stand up. Yes, I was wondering, how do you explain to your husband who's Catholic, how do you deal with the difference of how he was taught about Christ while I was taught different? Oh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so that's a great question um, and a really hard question because you come from a different viewpoint of what a relationship with Jesus is. Um, I haven't had that experience in my marriage, but most of my family is Catholic, and so having that conversation with other family members and people that I'm close to, and for me, it's really, it depends on that relationship. Like Sean said, you want to start with prayer, and you want to come from a place of humility and a place of, I care for you so much, I just want you to see how I see it. And one thing that I think has been really helpful for me is just to start with questions and say, you know, what was your life like with God growing up? You know, getting a better understanding and feel for where they've been and what how God has worked through their experience with the church and relationships they had and things like that. And then just kind of, hey, could I share with you like what my experience was like with God growing up and like approaching that in a way where it's like, I just want to share what God's done with me, not in a way to condemn you or to say what I think what you're doing is wrong or that it even is wrong, but that we're entering in that conversation together in a way that's trying to disarm, you know, traditions and things that we've held on to a long time that sometimes can be harder to let go of. Yeah, I think um, that's a good answer because uh, you're getting the heartbeat of this, but, you know, just having that real conversation with your spouse and hope that person's receptive of like, hey, we should be on the same page, you know. Um, we both can't be right, um, obviously. Uh, but we can agree to disagree on certain things, but man, we want to go to church together, right? We want to serve God together. We want to be on mission together. And so depending on that dynamic and where that person's at, you know, may depend on how that conversation goes. Um, I'll see a lot of people like, uh, they don't really want to go to church, you know, regardless of, it's just an excuse, I guess, you know. It's just, I grew up this way and I don't go anymore and that's the postmodern world you kind of live in. And so just praying for that person, um, loving on them, regardless of what they do, um, caring for them deeply. Like, you got to model what Jesus wants us to do regardless of the other person. And so you kind of you lead in that season. And it's, it's tough, especially when you're not at the same level, um, to be in that spot where you have to lead and push. And so... Uh, but be patient, and God, you know, God can change people, and God, I'm a big fan of restoration, a big fan of forgiveness, a big fan of uh, living that out, and that may be your mission field, uh, is just your family, and I think that's uh, where it starts, and so you just got to spend time on that, and we could talk more, too, but there's so many, um, that's kind of most people at, probably, and so how, how do you work through that? It, it's, it's, a, it's a situational thing as well, but just be open to, to lead, but open that conversation, too, and just put your heart out there, and over time, like, hey, I really love us to be on the same page. And we've had people in our church that got on the same page with their husbands. Husbands didn't like the music or the preaching. Amen, right? Um, <laughs> and so it's like, hey, let's go somewhere we can to go together. And we support that. We want, we're want we all for the family. So, But a lot of people, it's just, I just don't go to church anymore, you know. Because I grew up Catholic, and her family grew up Catholic, but nobody really, we didn't do anything with it. So we can't come out of the unchurched world almost. It's maybe a little different for us, but... That's a really good practical question because it's, things like that come up all the time. And it, get, it really feeds back into the idea of mission. And even if you guys aren't quite on the same page yet, I love the idea of finding common ground. You know, maybe it's a little bit different faith background, but what's our common ground? Or pray for somebody if they're not there yet. Uh, but I think really what you're hitting into is kind of what our third topic is, is this, is that doing that, we have to realize that our spouse is not our enemy. Amen? We do have an enemy, though. And Sean brought a great message about kicking the devil's butt and, and fighting for our marriages. So would you share with us a little bit about what does it look like just to fight for your marriage, fight against that enemy? You know, what are the obstacles that come into that? You mean answers? Yes. <laughs> she goes, yes. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, there's been seasons of, like, I don't know. 
I know we get your butt hands to you is this the, the right answer. Um, but there's seasons where you, you are doing it wrong, but you don't know you're doing it wrong until you're into the season quite a distance. And so we took in foster kids um, at, I was 24. Um, and so we, we were, we were young, right? Um, but at the same time, like, we're like, Hey, God has given us opportunity and we took it. But the, but it's like learning how to work with that. You went from like a honeymoon phase to like full on teenage girls. Come on somebody. And, um, yeah, there was some tensions, you know, cause your kids are always, um, just pulling you away from, you know, the time you had and the, the just things are different. And then the season, the stuff you're dealing with is like way heavy, you know, a lot of abuse is coming out of this a lot of things were going on it's a very difficult season to pull your emotional energy into somebody else and so long story short I think Satan um you know was teaching us or I say teaching us but like trying to distract us and we had to learn uh, some lessons that season of how to communicate um how to be on the same page in the hard season um I know like we, we were on the same page because I, I was chasing uh, trying to solve problems with the kids you know and and she's isolated and upset and it uh, she wasn't getting the same amount of attention and uh the kids were just really um like kids you know and they can pull between us and so she was isolating and I was aggressing come on somebody right <laughs> um and so we're like we're on two different worlds and um so I recognized that hey look you know what I got to pursue her uh, regardless of whatever else is happening around me and it took a long, it took me a season to figure it out, you know, and what that looked like. And to realize, like, hey, look, I love my kids. I'll fight for the kids. I'll do everything I can for the kids. But nothing's come between us. Amen? Amen. I mean, because it's like they would chase your time, chase your energy, chase the stuff. It's like there's nothing left for the tank. So you're, like, running empty, and you get to bed, and you're like, oh, man, do you know? And you just, you, da, 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 you know? And so, so I learned, like, hey, you know what? It's, it's not about that. It's something way bigger than that. So, so just that was, a, that was a, probably the hardest season. You know, I would think maybe. Yeah, I think this. in those seasons too, I think that Satan's goal is to get you apart. He wants you to be isolated and then he wants you to get in your head, you know, and then come at you with your own separate struggles that you feel like you have to fight in isolation. And so when we really should be in a hard season having each other's back and caring for each other, we're separate and we're struggling on our own and we're youth pastors at a church. So we can't, you know, who do you talk to? Who do you and Satan's tactic is to get you in We have your superhero head capes on alone. Honey. Yes, that's right. And then I'll put my little halo back on or whatever. Church face, you know, that you can come and put on a show. But I think that's Satan's tactic when God's plan all along was not just for us to be together, but was for us to be together with other couples, other mentors farther down the road, other people in the church to pour into us, to show us, what do you do when you hit those hard patch in your marriage? Like people who have successful long marriages didn't just fall upon it on accident. They watched somebody, whether it was their own parents or what not to do from their parents or another person who poured into them at some point along their way. Like we don't just magically come up with the right thing to do. Like we have people in our path that you can say, when I'm 20 years down the road, I want my marriage to look like so-and-so's. And I'm going to go get around those people, not just try to be isolated on my own. And the same, it starts in your marriage. You know, I can't be isolated with these feelings. Feelings, never say anything. She gets choked up all the time I know, around I'm me. Just yes, <laughs> I just saw him and took my breath away. Um, but, you know, Satan wants us to be apart. And so if you're in that place where you're feeling like, I'm alone, I can't talk to my spouse, I don't have anyone to talk to, like, I think that's Satan's tactic to keep you there in your mind because he knows you could be effective for the gospel and the mission of Christ. Yeah, and it, I mean, go back before you're married, right? There's you, and then you became we, and for most people, it's just I, I, together, and we haven't dealt with I, and we bring I into the marriage, and then it fights each other's eyes, right? And so what that looks like, there's a lot of insecurity, mm -hmm. like, 
I don't know. For me, I can speak to this. So my dad is not always around, wasn't always around. And so I always had this, like, wound going, like, hey, I had to prove myself. I was a four-hour student in high school, four-hour student in college, like, push, 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 highly driven. And some of that motivation was I'm going to prove somebody wrong. Uh, some of it I was going to prove myself right. And then you come into marriage, and we don't talk about this as guys very much, and we should, is just carrying this wound of the father or this wound of insecurity or doubt or, like, am, am I good enough or am I lovable? Um, can, can, I, can you love deeply as a man, you know? And if you haven't received that love from somebody, you sure can't give it to somebody else. And you're always wondering if you're enough. Um, will I measure up? Uh, will this last? Am I going to be just like fill in the blank? Those are the voices that you carry, we all carry at some level. And um, the same thing for, for, the, for the ladies, they carry voice and security as well. And that comes in the marriage, and it, it's not a problem until it's a problem, mm -hmm. you know? And those problems happen because something else, and we blame the kids and the money, but the problem is us, you know? And so we're just learning to die to ourselves, you know, and like taking an eye out of marriage and, and fighting for the we and realizing, hey, look, I'm bringing something in and to say, that's my fault, you know, like I need to work on me. Like I got to work on stop trying to fix everything in my life, right? <laughs> just let it go, you know, just let it roll and, and just trust God through the hard season, you know. And that's a very difficult process. And nobody wants to do that, amen? <laughs> was a ma magic, be magic married, and um, you have to really fight for the things of God um, behind the scenes. So I guess that God's going to fight against the insecurities that Satan has put in us from, you know, beginning when Adam and Eve sinned. Yeah, I like it. And I really think it comes down to the idea that this is a spiritual, a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle, and that's your teammate, your battle buddy. What questions do you guys have uh, for, uh, for Sean and Diana about devil kicking and fighting for your marriage? You guys have anything out there? Oh, they're conflict-free. Come on. Here's what I learned about leading Freedom Group. We all go through the same stuff. So I'd love to hear. Maybe somebody else is thinking the same questions you've got. If you've got something, we'd love to hear what that question might be. We see Brian. Man, you guys are... You guys make this really easy on yeah, us. Real easy, real easy. I like that. You can ask us and not say, you can say a friend, a friend uh, has yeah. a question. A friend of mine. A friend of mine has an or issue. Or say my spouse wants to know. <laughs> we got to get a go, couple. Got one going. back there. We, we got one back there. Uh, say your name. Mark Cook. Uh, Mark. So there's always a conflict, and, and you have your individual conflicts that you bring in. How do you every day battle those conflicts of, of your past or what you brought to the table for the common mission? Thanks, Mark, for the question. So, so how, do you, how do you battle or how do you work through the conflict of what we bring into the marriage? Um, I think something we didn't talk about that would be super relevant for this is, is have fun. Um, like don't focus on all the negatives of the, of the, of the, of the marriage, you know? Like we, we don't always agree on everything. But like to actually have time for us and to remember what the, the positive things, you know, you have to like be relentlessly fighting for the positive things in your life. Amen. I mean, you really do. The devil wants to tell you about how bad it is and how this isn't working and your kids are crazy and they're doing their thing. And am I speaking to somebody yet? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's just so hard. And so that all that negativity, you just got to switch the like flip the switch and say, hey, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of negative stuff. But, man, there's so much positive as well and then working through that conflict I think a lot of it comes down to just having those maybe like a dynamic life retreat or having those real heart-to-heart -heart conversations because we could find ourselves like nitpicking in a season you know like this like chickens is going at it you know it's like what in the world are we we're arguing over nothing you know um and, and just kind of stepping back and, and the, the words of saying like hey what can I do better 
you know, or I'm sorry, like take responsibility. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's so many people that have a, such a, don't ever, honestly, say those words. And if you just start with that, I mean, that'd be a really good opening sentence. Like, hey, I, I know I'm not perfect. I have a lot of mistakes on this. Hey, what can I do better when we, when we get into this fight? Or I know we have a problem with this topic. Um, what could we do better to work this out and get on the same page? And even if it is agreeing to disagree, it just depends on the topic. Yeah, and I'd say in some situations, what we came from before and brought to the marriage might be some stuff at a level that it's like, I need a third party to come and help us talk through this. You know, I've been through some severe neglect or abuse. I've been through, you know, so if you're think if those are the things that are causing the behaviors that you don't desire to have to bring to that relationship, having even just a few sessions with a counselor, with a trusted person, advisor in your life brings so much clarity sometimes to help you see that the behaviors that you're having are a result of what happened to you. And here's some steps to start taking to realize that and then not to fix yourself, so to speak, but to understand where that's coming from and also to help your spouse understand where that's coming from. Because when you see that that's coming from a place of deep hurt like that, you have a lot more compassion on each other. I'm not just upset by the way that you're avoiding all these topics, but I understand you're doing that to protect yourself because of what you've been through. How can I help give you the space you need and encourage you to do that? And a lot of times that takes a third party to help you to see those things yeah the word that stuck out to me was daily mm. you know the daily conflict and the yeah. daily and, and it's just like we're never on the same page and there is a lot of that daily stuff and, and I, I think you can move past that a little bit and I think a little bit just comes down to um, if, if you blame somebody for the bad you gotta blame for all the good too amen and a lot of people blaming people, you know, this person was like this and this it's like well about all the good stuff as well and so just practically I'd say um, to slow down the daily conflict, I would remind myself of all the positives. And if you got something positive to say, I would just say it every single time because it does not get said enough, especially to your spouse, because this is the easiest thing to be the hardest on because you know everything about them, amen? And you see all the good, but you see all the bad. And so it's easy to t turn on this. And so if there's something positive, just say it. It's like, hey, you're looking great. Hey, I love you. If I had to marry you again, I'd do it all over again. I, I, I can't wait. And it, it just be a, that kind of optimistic person. And I'm not saying being fake, because I'm not like a very optimistic person by nature. Um, but I'm saying you have to do it because it plants the seeds that you want to grow so badly, but you got to be willing to plant them and lead and not be the complain side. That makes sense? It's, it's so easy to be that way, though. And, and we get in those seasons, it's like, hey, let's, let's try to work through this, you know. I hope that answers your question a little bit, Mark. Thanks for the question. That's, that's good. I, can I just, I appreciate you guys sharing your hearts with us. I, I've, I've been to churches, and maybe you guys have been this, where everybody has the, is the pastor and his wife, they're up on a pedestal, and you can't relate. And so for you guys to model and show how, you know, God has worked in your life to be Christ-centered, mission-driven, fight the devil, take, you know, small steps to fix what's broken, I think that's good because we're all there at some level. So, and just the encouragement that you guys have given us on that, I appreciate it. Can we give it up for uh, Sean and Diane? Thank you, guys. Hey, I'm going to turn this over to Sean. He's got a couple of final words, and he's going to pray for us as we uh, finish up. Yeah, so kind of finish it up. I know some of you guys are in different seasons of, of your marriage, or maybe you're not married yet, but some of you guys are in the hard season, like that messy season, and I would just encourage you today, um, maybe you're like, man, this is all for people who are married and how to fix it, and for some of you, maybe it's just one of those seasons where it's been you've been on separate pages, maybe you've been through counseling, it's not working, maybe you've been hired a lawyer, maybe you're on a second marriage, third marriage, and I just wanna say this because I think so many times we miss this at church, is that sometimes I do counsel people for divorce. Can I say that at church? I really do. Uh, some, sometimes it's like a husband's not 
doing anything, you know? I mean, they're, it's abusive. Some of you guys have been through abusive relationships. Uh, some of you guys have been through neglect. Some of you guys have been through physical, all sorts of stuff. And it could be either spouse on some of this stuff. And, uh, and the marriage isn't working. And God is for marriage. And, and God is not for divorce, but it happens and God will use it. And so I would encourage you um, to not walk out here and say, oh, well, this, this is a stuffy church and you saw about this. And it's not the truth. And I think God wants to make it work, but uh, it takes people. It takes both sides. You know, God plays a part and we play a part. And uh, it breaks my heart to see people's marriages fall apart. And uh, you can't control what somebody else does. Um, but here's what I'll tell you. God's in the restoration business. Amen. There's a reason Jesus was a carpenter. Come on, somebody. Because he wants to build things. He wants to put things back together. And uh, our marriage is like the crucible. It's just pressure cooker. And God puts us into it to, to really pull out those imperfections, those insecurities, and make us stronger. Amen. And so don't be upset with your spouse or your marriage or it's not going well. It's like, hey, God's using it. And those hard things, I've got to the point in my life where I'm like, what's God, what are you teaching me? God, show me. Like, this isn't my favorite season, but I know you're doing something in here, and I've got to figure out what it is. And it's so easy to be apathetic or not care or not listen. And so I'd encourage you to be broken. We could be broken for the things of God. And your marriage is the place where you got to be the most broken and most vulnerable and the most willing to listen and most willing to fight for. And so here's what I'll leave with this. If you're willing, God can change anything. Never underestimate a willing heart in the hands of God. Amen? Like, if you're willing to listen... Uh, if, you're, if you're willing to give back, uh, if you're willing to be generous, uh, if you're willing to go the extra mile when somebody else doesn't, uh, if you're willing to give your best when somebody doesn't give their best and then you just keep giving your best, if you're willing to, to say you're sorry, uh, if you're willing to take responsibility, uh, if you're willing to love deeply when others don't love you the way you want to be loved, uh, if you're other, uh, willing to give back uh, to your kids uh, when they're upset, uh, when you're willing to step in and be the voice of the calm and the storm, if you're willing to continually pray and fight for your family, if you're willing not to give up, amen? Um, if, you're, if you're willing to bring them to church, uh, if you're willing to be wrong, if you're willing to admit you're a failure sometimes, if, if you're willing just to live in the mess, you can make marriage work, amen? And I believe God just calling us to be willing and just have that broken heart for him and to follow him and to listen. So I hope this is encouragement for you. I'm gonna pray for you guys as we leave here today. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray you just speak to us, God. Just speak into our hearts. God, there's so much mess in the middle. There's so much heartbreak and there's so many things. But God, teach us uh, who you are, God, that you are enough. God, we don't live in a scarcity mindset. You put us together on mission. And so, God, I pray for each person in this church, each person that's hearing the word of God today. God, you'd strengthen their marriage, strengthen their relationships, strengthen if they're not married yet for the things of God. Give us a passion like none other to follow you. God, teach us to be broken, to be moldable, that we don't have all the right answers, but we know the one who does. And so, God, use us today. I want to pray for somebody specifically that maybe heard this Q&A and is like, hey, my marriage is, maybe it's okay, maybe it's messy, but I realize, man, I, I need Jesus. I need God in my life. There's something different about this couple. There's something different about this Christianity. And that's my story as well. That's how I knew Jesus. I saw somebody else living for God, and I just knew there was something different. And maybe today you just got this itch that you got to scratch, and that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit just pulling you in and drawing you in and just speaking to you today. Like, dude, you need God in your life. And so today, maybe you need Jesus. You need to recognize that, you know what, you're a sinner and need a Savior. You don't have all the answers, but Jesus does. And Jesus came 2,000 years ago and died on the cross for you. Uh, not that you will be perfect. Uh, you didn't pray a prayer of perfection, uh, but you have a God who is perfect, who is fighting for you, and that you'll be saved, forgiven, and made new. And uh, you'll have a home in heaven, but today you're here fighting on earth for the things of God. And so maybe today you need Jesus. 
And so if that's you, maybe you're online in person, I would encourage you, I'd be looking around. We just raise your hand up and say, man, I need Jesus. And I recognize that God is moving and God's in this place. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my marriage, my family, my kids. Is that you today? Just put your hand up. We'll extend this very long. But if that's you, I want to pray for you. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. God, thank you for dying for me. And uh, thank you for, for loving me when I was unlovable and wasn't pursuing you. But today, you can have my life. God, I'm going to follow you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up for God's doing. Let him know you love him today. Thank you guys so much. And if that was you, if you prayed that prayer today, this is not the end. Instead, it's a beginning of a journey for you starting to look at what that relationship with Jesus could really look like. We want to give you some next steps today. And that first next step is that you can text the word RLNEXT to 97000. And we just want to provide you with some resources, um, connect you with a person on our team that can just encourage you and to help you to see what this really looks like. And that next step for you is there's a table in the back of the room here. And on your way out, you can just grab one of those red bags. It contains a Bible and also some additional resources to help you because we don't want you to leave here feeling alone in what it looks like to really follow Jesus. Can we give it up one more time for Sean and Diane? That was really, really encouraging. Um, just getting an opportunity to kind of have an inside look at what marriage is like for them. Um, just thank you for being vulnerable and open in that. It was really, really good. Um, so we wanted as a church to give you guys some practical next steps on what this marriage series can look like for you this week. And one really cool thing that we've done is we created some questions, some actual conversation starters for you guys this week to talk to your spouse about. And so I wanted to encourage you today. What would your marriage look like this week? What could change in your marriage if you took just maybe 10 or 15 minutes just to look at those few questions and just have a conversation, just to talk about what it looks like to be on mission with your spouse for God and the powerful changes that you can make in your own community when you decide to be on mission together. Another practical next step that we have for you guys is just to really align the heart of your family with the heart of God. And one really cool way that you can do that is by doing a child dedication. We're calling it Child Dedication Sunday here. It's gonna come up on April 3rd. And it's a really cool opportunity for you guys to just, we know that we've been given this gift, right? We've been given these gift of these kids. Sometimes I don't always think they're a gift, but most of the time they're gifts, right? And it's hard. Parenting can be really hard and challenging. But we know that when we're aligned and when we're really leaning into our calling of raising them in a godly way that God wants us to, everything changes. And so as a church, we want to be able to partner with you. And what that's going to look like is we're just going to have your family come on stage. It doesn't matter what age your child is. It's for children of all ages. We're going to bring your family up on stage, just pray over you. Um, we want to just pray over pray over your family for wisdom. Just pray over them for like the blessings that could be happening in your future. And just spend some time really just helping you to know what that might look like in your future with your kids. So if you haven't yet heard about this, now's your time to get on to reallifechurchkc.com and sign up today. You can just get more information on there as well if you want. So speaking of kids, we love our kids ministry here at Real Life Church. And next week, there our kids are talking about this idea of courage and what it's like to be courageous in Jesus. And so we thought, what cooler way to celebrate being courageous than with Marvel, right? So it's a good opportunity for your kid to just get excited to get dressed up in a Marvel t-shirt. If they have a costume laying around, that's really fun too, just for them to come and hang out and get excited about what courageous, a courageous life in Jesus could really look like for them. 
Your generosity here at Real Life Church is making a difference. Each and every week, we have an opportunity to pour into families in our community. And that's as a result of you guys and your dedication to make a decision to give faithfully here at Real Life Church. And every single hand raised, every single life that's changed here, every single marriage that's restored is a result of you guys making a choice each and every week to be faithful in your giving. And if you're new here to Real Life, this is not for you. We just want for this gathering to be a blessing to you. We hope that you got something out of it. We want something for you, not from you today. But if you do call Real Life home, we have a couple of different options for you to give. One of those ways is you can get on reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 84321. We also have a giving box in the back of the gathering that you can drop cash or check in if that's more convenient for you. So just continue to be generous. We are just so absolutely grateful for you. I just have one very last next step for you guys. If you guys look on your seats, there's some cards there. Um, we wanna be an inviting church, right? We wanna be people that are bringing other people to know who Jesus is and what he means to us. And that means you guys have an opportunity to take those cards that are on your chairs, head to your job this week, find some friends that you can pass those cards out to and just invite them and make them feel challenged to come and check out what's happening here at Real Life Church. So we're gonna to start a brand new series. I want you guys to take an opportunity to check out this quick video on the new series that we have coming up called Prodigal. You don't have to look very far to see the brokenness. Who's excited for the next series, Prodigal? There we go. Hey, we always have, we have somebody in our life that has walked away from church, and God is searching for those people. So hey, on your chair, there's a great card. Grab them, take them, take a stack of them. We got as many as you want. Start inviting and passing these out. God is gonna use you to make a big difference in somebody's life. And we can't wait to see how God uses this next series. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member. We would love to pray with you up here. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.